Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier, and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta, and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week, we are going to dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback, so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey folks, Namesh and Sethi here, back for another episode of The Empathetic Man. And today we thought it would be kind of cool to take inventory, essentially, of where we're at. It's We're recording this on March 25th, and we're in the midst of this super uncertain time with the coronavirus continuing to spread various states in America now globally taking these drastic measures, we thought it'd be kind of fun to make some predictions in terms of how we think the coronavirus will play out in the upcoming months, months, both from a societal perspective, as it relates to perhaps social etiquette being changed, um, when generally speaking, we think things may get back to normal. And then on the second, um, uh, on another front, what impact it will have on businesses, either which businesses perhaps will thrive as a result and uh, certain businesses that may not as a result of this. So I'll, uh, I, I'll kind of teed up with that. I'll dish it to you, Sati, in terms of maybe taking a stab at the first one, would love to hear uh, how you see this playing out from a societal standpoint, whether it's a timeline on when things will kind of get back to normal and, and how things will look when they do, when they are on track to getting back to normal. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think my answer is going to still be very much kind of based on what I'm seeing and understanding from some of these authorities on the topic. But I would definitely say that I think we have a long road ahead of us. I think, you know, right now the goal, at least from the CDC and the World Health Organization and a lot of these other big institutions around the globe is to, you know, essentially flatten this curve so that these local regions and these local governments can sustain the impact it's about to have or it is having with you know the number of folks in the hospitals and things like that and it's something that i'm i was really curious about because i you know there was a a friend that you and i both know that was a a national guard and i reached out to him separately saying hey you know in situations like this is this something where the national guard would come into place and send a bunch of medics and create pop-up hospitals to help house all of these individuals who are now being affected. And his um, kind of contract with the guard had actually come to an end. So he's no longer part of it, but he, he just recently got like requested saying, Hey, can you come back? And he has a you know family. So it's, it's not a easy decision for him to make, but I mean, it, it just kind of started to make, give me an understanding of like, yeah, you know, now it's going to the, to the military branch. And it's getting to a point where like, hey, we don't have enough space. We're going to need help from others. And so I I guess I could see if that comes into play, that could potentially have 
a big um, impact on like the longevity of how long this is able to be contained. But because I haven't seen that happening, at least in our place, I mean, you hear about like, I think I heard something where they said like in China, they built like a hospital like in a few weeks or something, which is amazing. But I'm not hearing about that kind of stuff happening in America. And from my standpoint, where I'm also like a father who has kids who are in school or who were in school and now no longer in school, and we were told that's going to end, you know, come April 6th or something. And now we literally just got notified today saying that's going to end May 1st. I just feel like what's happening is this thing is being slowly kind of delayed because they don't want to cause too much of panic and, and increase the people and increase the number of folks who are doing all of these kind of like panic shock, panic shopping and hoarding. So I feel like this has still got a long road ahead. I would probably say that maybe, maybe by summertime, things will probably start to get into a better position because I think also generally in summer, like people's health conditions are usually better. Like I feel like the flu and these types of viruses are usually not as, uh, as more as, as um, ubiquitous. So I, I would say that all schools are going to pretty much not happen until and I think they're just going to be now shut down until summer break. And then I think for summer break, that will be the time when um, at least that type of, area of life is going to somewhat course correct in terms of companies that one that's the one i'm scratching my head with because i i just i know for a lot of these industries like hotels and automotive and companies that really require face to face that that's the one where i'm trying to figure out like how long can that sustain um because you know people need to like keep the lights on they need to be able to have you know a roof over their shoulder um, so I'm wondering if that can be done sooner. And I think the only way that could happen is if there was something that could show some sort of, um, potential, you know, light at the end of the tunnel that we're, we have a, a not even a cure, but we have a, a medicine that can be taken to help to, um, treat the symptoms and pre prevent, you know, like the, the deaths. I think that's the main thing. So um, again, I'm not a doctor and I don't know how close we are. It sounds like, you know, people are getting closer, but I would say schools are probably not going to be open till, you know, after summer. And I think maybe the business world, maybe like, I don't know, maybe sometime in April, they'll have a better idea on a on, on a medicine so that they could probably start to reestablish business um, in some form of another, uh, I would say maybe toward the end of April or, or May. I don't know. What do you think? It's like, yeah. So just, just to clarify so, here. <laughs> no, no, this is good. So just, just to clarify. So when you say summer break, when do kids typically get out for summer break? I know when I was a kid, it's typically June, right? Yeah. And I think it's varying like our school summer break is um, pretty much Memorial Day weekend. I think, okay, I think so Memorial Day weekend or something is like the right is the last week. And so, I mean, it's early June, it's like end of May, early June at the, at the latest. And then school goes back into session um, mid August at the earliest to maybe like after Labor Day. Got it. So today when um, I think it was today or yesterday when school districts, at least here in the Bay area said that school won't open until May 1st. Do you think that date will hold? 
I think that date's going to be pushed. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. And then on a company front, what's, what's maybe one company that you think, you know, I know no one's a stock picker here, but like, what's one company by summertime you think is going to be doing better than it is right now? And what's one company you think will be doing worse? Yeah. I mean, I think the, especially if you're in tech, everyone is probably keeping an eye on zoom because everyone's using that technology. And, um, yeah, I definitely believe that platform. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like I think yesterday peaked at like 40 to $45 billion market cap. I mean, it's ridiculous how high they are and they are kind of up and down, up and down. But I think where they will be in summer versus where they were like, you know, January, February is definitely going to be, um, an, uh, like, like significantly higher. So I think they're going to be in a great position. I think people are realizing work from home is, is just, it's not a, it's not a luxury anymore. It's a reality that every company needs to embrace and adopt. Um, I mean, I was talking to a client today that's in a financial sector and this never happens. Employees never work from home. And here we are all on a zoom talking about, you know, how to keep business going forward. And I'm pretty confident when the virus ends, they're going to have a new lens with respect to kind of work from home. I mean, I think people are going to be like, Hey, you know, I did it before and we had to, and I was still effective. And I think it'd be great to have that opportunity because other companies are going to be very open to it. And now it's going to become a competitive edge. It's like, what, you don't allow me to work from home. Like that's, that's so awkward. So I, I think that is going to help zoom just continue to be a big player. And you know, there's other companies like Google and Cisco and, and go to meeting that also do this. But I think Zoom has just really been able to kind of, you know, capitalize on it. Um, so I definitely think they're going to do well. Uh, I, I would also say even other companies that you may not be as excited about, but like Peloton, I think Peloton will do generally well. I don't think they were doing that great before. I don't think they're going to be skyrocketing, but I think there's definitely some money to be made there because, you know, I think any type of like in-home workout is going to be a, a new trend. Peloton is expensive though, you know, to, as, as a consumer to buy. So I, I think, um, I don't, again, I don't see the rise. I mean, zoom is, I think taking off because everything is free, right? You get free accounts in terms of the conversion that, that will be interesting. So I would be kind of questioning that, but I also think, um, just other traditional like SaaS companies, I think they will still, you know, do well. Uh, you know, I, th- I know a lot of them are suffering right now, like even Salesforce is dropping and, and, um, you know, there's, uh, companies like, slack that are kind of going up and down but i think generally the, the those will rebound the ones that i think will probably be in a worse position unfortunately are like hardware companies like apple i think apple will continue to drop a bit um but i do think apple will eventually get back to where they were because um you know their their products and their their technology still utilize so much like i don't know about you but like i use like apple pay everywhere <laughs> and it's just it's just crazy to like see it like this this is the new form of payment so, um, or Tesla, right? Tesla was crazy high. Now they've dropped, but they're going to rebound because, you know, it's still a very like, um, exciting technology. It's exciting car. It's a great product. It's just the automotive space is like hit super hard. I mean, people don't want to buy a car, let alone go to a dealership and talk to somebody. Tesla's kind of getting around that because, you know, pretty much everything can be ordered online. Um, 
anyways, we could talk about that for hours. So I didn't mean to, you know, linger on that topic too much, but th those are just some ideas I had in mind. No, that was good. That was good. Um, you know, on my end, just on the societal piece, I, I, I think the date of May 1st in terms of school opening will be maintained and kind of here's why. So we're in this process where Trump has come out with this new slogan where, you know, let's not let the cure be bigger than the problem. And I think he's teeing that up for a lot of Americans to digest, many of which will not agree with, including myself, but ultimately saying, look, we can't keep the economy shut down for this long and we have to kind we have to try to get things back to normal i think what will happen is and he's setting an, a date for easter which is april 13th i i think that people will start going back to work if you will unwillingly during that time so there's going to be a, a few groups there's going to be the group that kind of has to go back and then there's going to be the other group that's going to say, hey, it's, it's kind of up to you, which most of that group will opt not to. And during that time, we'll kind of see how this really plays out. If things go according to how they're going right now, when people do start going back to work, if you will, and going out in public, the virus will then start spreading again, unless at, by that time, some external factor, perhaps like the weather, which is not confirmed that that really affects this, will be in place, or they'll, there will be massive testing. And you would hope that people who do go out have been tested and they are really vigilant about not going out in public unless they are not infected which again is 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 unlikely but um i could see that happen so to summarize on that piece i see schools opening may 1st because by that point you're going to have some movement in like folks getting out into public in the mid-april time frame and frankly i just don't know how sustainable it is for parents to be at home all day with their kids. And I think, again, preventative me measures like testing and extensive cleaning will take place. That's interesting. I guess, do you also think, if you don't mind me just asking a question about that one, yeah. do you also think it's, well, if Trump is so bullish on getting the economy back up, you know, again, as a working parent, you're not going to be able to work if your kids are at home because you have to like now homeschool them or, or take care of them. So to Trump, it's like, you know, I got to get the economy back up, which means I need to get people out there back in their jobs, which means I need to force the schools to open up so that there is, you know, this kind of quote unquote babysitter during the day. Is that kind of why you're thinking the school's opening or because of the economy, because of the, the, the Trump wanting to reopen the economy? Yeah, that's actually, it, it's not exactly what I was thinking, but it is a, a good line of reasoning because it's almost like this, this cause and effect, right? If, parents go back to work, where are their kids going to go? They're going to have to go somewhere. They're not going to have any choice, right? Like right now, daycares are open to folks who have, who work in non, who work in essential jobs, right? 
So it's just going to be broadening, broadening the scope of what an essential job is to just a normal job. And folks are going to have to start sending their kids to daycare and assume that risk. Yeah, because the reason so what I will add. Oh, sorry. I was going to add one more thing because no, the reason okay. I say it is like, it's, you know, and the, the unfortunate truth is like, I think as adults and as a society, you know, we are all kind of now taking heed to these practices, washing your hands, six feet away, like keeping your distance. The kids though, you know, once you say, hey guys, like school's back in session, they, and, and there's even been like, you know, videos where it talks about like how germs are spread in the school and the teachers will be like, hey everyone, I want you guys to make sure you wash your hands, you know, in, before, you go in, before you go to recess, when you come back from recess, and, and they'll like kind of spray their hands with like, you know, this kind of invisible stuff to just see if people are touching each other. And then by the end of the day, like all these kids are touching each other and they're touching everything inside the school room and like everything is affected. And so the reason I say it is like that whole resurgence that you're talking about to me, like, I feel like if it's going to be inspired by the kids, not deliberately, but kind of like just circumstantially, because, you know, you're going to be dropping them off and then they're going to like, going to school and they're going to like infect everybody and then they're going to come into your car and they're going to affect everybody else. It's like, I just, I, I feel like the moment we put kids back in school, then you will see the resurgence happen in my opinion. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. And I think the second piece I just wanted to say was, I think from a social etiquette standpoint, things are going to be different. I think right now you even just feel this when you're out in public you don't want to go near folks because there's this fear that you're going to be contaminated, that you're going to get infected. And I think this is going to pervade into normal life for a while in terms of people not wanting to be near folks. And that is kind of more troublesome to me and how that plays out because fundamentally any business that involves people being close to each other is just not going to thrive. Like restaurants, for example. I can't imagine how this will, how, how things will get back to normal for, for folks like them, which goes into my second point in terms of just on the business front. I think that anything related to local businesses, whether you're a vendor of a local business, whether you are a local business, if you provide software to local businesses, aside from delivery services, is going to be affected by this. So even companies that were really solid, like the stripes of the world that power a lot of payments for these local companies and square and even folks like Yelp, for example, that have listings for these small businesses who pay them a ton of money to get ranked first, et cetera. I think those particular companies are going to be affected pretty significantly. And then obviously the, um, the more obvious ones like the cruise, the cruise liners, Royal Carnival and Royal Caribbean. And I think the airlines are, it's going to take a while to get back to normal. In terms of the ones that are going to thrive, Zoom was a good one. One company I've been looking at is a company called um, Ring Central, where right now a lot of these companies are trying to facilitate this whole work from home environment. And a lot of companies weren't prepared for it. And these employees have their own cell phones, but they don't have these fancy hardware phones that you get at work. So what Ring Central did was two years ago, they were touting this whole movement to distributed workforces. And 
developed an entire mobile suite where as far as I understand, you can download the Ring Central application onto your mobile phone and then launch it. And once you do, you're then in your corporate environment and you have access to all the co- to access to all data that um, the, that your company has in terms of contacts. Um, you have uh, apparently um, some security provisions, et cetera. So that that company and others in the phone space are really interesting to me because I think CIOs now are going to have to have this contingency plan about how to work from home. And in that contingency plan, they're going to have to have, they're going to have to buy subscriptions to these, to, to software that enables their companies to work from home if they had to. And <clears throat> even if it's not being used as much, they're going to have to have it in their, you know, in their toolbox, if you will, so that if and when the second wave happens, folks, those CIOs can say, okay, look, well, we have this software in place. You guys can work from home and we'll just turn um, on a few, you know, we'll, we'll turn on a few pieces of software and we'll get back to work. So I think companies, again, like RingCentral, the phone providers are a pretty interesting um, play at this point. So yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my thinking on, on both fronts. I'll, I'll tell you the last one, Ring Central, I think they still do it, but I'm not 100% sure, but they white label Zoom. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So because huh. I remember, you know, because again, you know, I use Zoom all the time. And then I was um, talking to Zoom Ring Central folks and they're like, hey, can you join our Ring Central meeting? And they sent me the link. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like the UI looks exactly like Zoom. And then they're like, that's because it is. We just, we just OEM it. So, so Ring Central's, you know, success will, I guess, also benefit Zoom. Interesting. <laughs> unless so they've gone in- off. And that was like, that was probably like a year or so ago. So unless they've gone and built their own, which I'm not sure if they have, but. So they use Zoom for a video component or it's the opposite way around? The whole video conferencing suite that Ring Central sells is just Zoom's video conferencing suite. And then what about the Zoom phone that came out? Do they use Zoom Central? That I don't know. I mean, they definitely do have a deep partnership, Zoom and uh, Ring Central. So, I wonder if it goes both ways because in that, you know, on that end, if more and more vendors are using Zoom and then Zoom starts introducing a phone component, that would be good for Ring Central if they're partnered. But, as I, but it actually would be bad if they're not because... I feel like Zoom's getting um, so embedded into these companies. So but at any yeah. rate, yeah, I think it'd be cool to like do a follow-up episode on this, you know, in what is it, March 25th, April, May, June, maybe in June to kind of see, you know, what we thought about that. And I think it's good just generally also just you know, to document what your thought process and thinking is on a given day. And I think that's one of the the best parts to me about doing this podcast where, you know, years in a few years, five, even a decade later, not only ourselves, but our kids can kind of see what, how we were thinking and we can kind of see how we've grown over the years and you know, how our thought processes have, have evolved. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, this is it's just so unreal what we're going through and how big this is now 
impacting everything that we do. And like you said, I mean, just that last part you mentioned about the social etiquette, it is interesting because, you know, the intention is just to keep everyone safe, but it does come off as very like, you know, standoffish and isolating. And you, you, it does, especially if you are the type of person who likes to socialize, it feels very foreign to have to be like that. Um, and, and so I, I do hope like when the dust settles, we can still kind of come back to a place where people can still like be friendly with each other and, and still have that kind of like kind disposition. That being said though, there might be some positives out of this, right? Where like people are more respectful of each other's space and like, you know, maybe in the workplace, people are like, you know, especially when you hear about sometimes these stories about people being, you know, treated unfairly or, um, you know, there's this like workplace harassment. I mean, this could be something that's going to help people be like, hey, you know, like, A, we should always like be mindful and respectful of each other and, and B, like, you know, we also want to make sure that like we're not, you know, infecting anyone. And I, I think even before this, right, there has always been this issue where like people would be sick and then you would go to the office because, you know, you wanted to still get your work done and you felt like you only get your work done at home. Or, I mean, at the office. And if you stayed at home, you just felt like, oh, I'm going to come back on Monday or whatever. And I'm going to be so overwhelmed. So people were like forcibly doing this and they're not getting better. Whereas now maybe people will be again, more open-minded to the work from home. So the moment you feel like you have a cold or whatever, people are still effective. They're taking the rest they need. Um, but then they're also able to maybe come online from home. And generally this should, in my opinion, start to improve the way, you know, we like we work and live and play because we're getting less, you know, sick, less often, we're more respectful of our space and other people's space. And you know, you're not hearing about people being taken advantage of because I just feel like there could be some good positive out of this. But I do agree that there could also be some things that make us feel as a, a more isolated society be just because, you know, we've been kind of practicing this social distancing for so long. So I'm curious to see in June or whenever we do our kind of follow what the world looks like. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that too. Okay, cool. I think that's a good, good place to end here. Great. All right. Thanks everyone. We'll talk to you next week. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed the empathetic man. Our goal is to help you on your journey to become more empathetic and ultimately become the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with your family, your friends, your network, anyone who you think is looking to become more empathetic. They can be a man, woman, it doesn't matter. The goal here is to help the world be more empathetic one step at a time. Now, we would also love your feedback if you can. Give us your feedback on the Apple iTunes. You can give us your comments as well as you can rate this podcast. That way we can get more viewers and more people thinking about how they can become more empathetic. Thank you again so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.